here we go. What is up, good people? Welcome back to Holy Shit Pod, a holy, irreverence, irreverently holy conversation about spirituality, culture, and the world. I'm Brandon T. Maxwell, your favorite host. I am Katie Ricks. Our token white woman. <laughs> and I'm everybody's favorite podcast. Not everybody. The Sam White. The Prince of Vanity. Of what? Vanity. I'm the king. <laughs> the king of vanity. I'll elevate you. <laughs> <laughs> and we got our best friend, Liberty, back in the building, baby. What's up, Liberty? She back. Hey, y'all. The superintendent. The superintendent of Sunday school. She gonna make sure you learn what you're supposed to learn and learn it right the first time. In today's Word of Pot, we are talking about respecting your elders and why old folks are not guaranteed respect as a byproduct of their age. Because some old folks be saying some ignorant shit. But we'll get into that later. First, we got a few church announcements for the good of the congregation. So, let's get into it. Let's, no, you got to say, let's get into it again. You didn't say it like you used to say it. How do I say He's it? He's like, so, let's get into it. You'd be like, so, let's get into it. He's like, let's get into it. You and your gay, you like, oh, you know, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> I got to get the people guessing. <laughs> I got to keep them guessing. I got my nails did. <laughs> Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to the Church of Holy Shit and the Temple for All the Saints and the Aints. God is an on-time God, y'all. Hey, hey. yes, she is. Yes, she is. Ah. Listen, me and my wife was talking the other day. I never even said anything about it. She comes from very conservative context in South Africa. Her parents are like evangelical. And we were talking about something. She said something about God. And she said he. And then she said, or she. But all I know is they. I said, come on. Why? You better come on, triangles. I love it. I was like, yes, yes. I wanted to jump up off the bed and start running. But I was just like, okay, okay. Come on, triangle, Jay. I mean, I feel like they, them, their pronouns are the pronouns for God. Yes. I mean, three in one. Come on, true trinity. Blessed trinity. Come on. They, they are. <laughs> Look at God working in my sister. Waymaker. Katie, you know that one? Dude, yes, I know these songs. Sing it. No, no, no I'm not going to. You're not going to do it? I don't know all the words. Come on, Sana. Sing it in the Presbyterian verse. <laughs> we don't sing that in the Presbyterian church. Waymaker, miracle worker. <laughs> you sing it too fast. <laughs> Organ in the background. <laughs> in, my ch- in the church I served in North Carolina, Sandra Burt would sing and Alan Wilcox played the piano and they did the most beautiful version of Precious Lord, Take My Hand. What are you doing, Natasha? What am I supposed to do? I'm waiting for you to lift that up. She's saying, sing it. Come on. Come on. And I'm feeling the spirit, too. I can't do it. She's activating the spirit. That's the way you activate the spirit in the black church. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, Precious Lord, take my hand. See? 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 <laughs> Y'all see what I'm talking about? It's something in these airways. Oh, it's something in these airways, y'all. Listen, you say that five times, you're going to mess around. Tear the house up. The house going to be... T- and then she's going to go into that do 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 They're going to be slain. Brandon, I want to let y'all know that he has the best version of Precious Lord. Take my hand. Leave me on. Take your time. Take your time. Let me stand. Yeah, y'all, come on. Y'all got to get in the spirit. So, it's Black History Month, y'all. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Somebody missed the ghost. I said it's Black History Month, y'all. Did you want applause? 
Don't y'all speak in that white tongue in Black History Month. Y'all better come with a real tongue. It is Black History Month, also known as the time where corporations really appreciate black dollars. Black History Month is all about the green. Yes. We are going to corporatize the shit out of it, post Instagram graphics, and our executives are going to wear dashikis just to make sure you come here to spend, to celebrate, I mean, your black history. Fake dashikis. Fashikis. Or uh, I think Trevor Noah posted something saying that February is actually canceled because some of the bills prohibiting critical race theory skips the month of February. It just omits it like it doesn't exist anymore. So they're in March in some of those states. Yes. I mean, like Georgia. So that dovetails nicely with our church announcements. There's only one church announcement today, but it has multiple layers. So hang on tightly, folks. It's going to be a long one. Recently, schools across the country have begun banning books on topics such as religion, witchcraft, sexuality, police brutality, and racism from the classroom, as well as school libraries. It's no surprise that most of the books that made the banned book list are written by you guessed it, Black authors, and focus on topics and issues that are related to the Black experience in America. Additionally, books about the Holocaust have made the book ban list. And some of the books that you may recognize are The Color Purple by Alice Walker, The Bluest Eye, Toni Morrison, Go Till It on the Mountain, James Baldwin, Native Son, um, Still I Rise, Maya Angelou, The Hate You Give, Angie Thomas, even Ta-Nehisi Coates made the list. The two books that have been the subject of great discussion lately are Mouse, which is a graphic novel about the Holocaust, and To Kill a Mockingbird, which is about race. Book ban proponents claim that it is all about the safety and comfort of the children. The kids are just so uncomfortable reading stories that have the word nigger in them. Never mind that some of their parents may say it every single day. And they're so uncomfortable reading stories that have nudity described in graphic detail. Never mind the fact that people are nude because it's the Holocaust and folks have them in gas chambers against their own will in order to kill them. It's the nudity that makes them uncomfortable. It's very dangerous to tell people what we can and can't read. When no one is being harmed through the reading of literature. These are like the same ilk of people who try to compare things like vaccine mandates to Nazi Germany, but they also want to collect all the books and burn them. This is crazy. It's like my grandmama saying, nothing new under the sun. We've seen this before. And it's, it's, it's sad and unfortunate. And I think absolutely crazy that we have to see it again. What do you think about your people, Kate? <laughs> you know, they tried to do it in Orange County um, in North Carolina, also where Chapel Hill is. And thankfully, it didn't pass. But that was a wake-up call for the liberals in my old stomping grounds. But what it is trying to do is eliminate any kind of difference. And that's not a way of teaching people how to live in the world, how to communicate in the world. It's simply like drawing those lines deeper, those lines of division. And that's what it ultimately will do. It's making America great again, right? You're exactly right. This is horrible. It's awful. There's nothing new under the sun. We could have like predicted this. History always repeats itself. And they say it happens in 100-year cycles. And we're about at the mark where something like this should be happening if the theory is correct that history repeats itself. But I want to go back to this notion that they're doing it to protect the children. Is it actually about the kids? It's not. Because if it were about the children, then the children would have never died during the Holocaust. If it were really about the children, the children wouldn't have been forced to integrate schools. If it were really about the children, Trayvon Martin would be alive today. If it were really about the children, Tamir Rice would be alive today. It is not about the children. And if the children can endure it, 
the children can read about it. They need to stop. I did see a, a post of a white child holding one of these books. And the parent um, who posted this said, I asked my daughter, how did she feel about reading this book? How did it make you uncomfortable? And the child said, I have no problem reading this book. And the people that do, I think, are the people who want to repeat what happened. And I mean, there's so much truth to that, right? Like, and Natasha, what you just said is spot on. Like, if it was really about the children, what about brown and black children who are dying, who have suffered grave injustices at the hands of a white supremacist system who's now trying to burn their books? Correct. If you're really about the children, there would be no school to prison pipeline. We wouldn't be trying to label our children in third grade. You know what? I don't like lies. Or liars. Or liars. And so it bothers me that instead of just saying, I don't want you to read because I want you to remain ignorant so I can control you. You want to say, no, it's about the children and you're lying. If it was really about the children, we would get, make sure they had proper health care. And, ma- and they would wear masks during the pandemic. If it was really about the children, they would wear masks at schools. You wouldn't be in the school board meeting threatening um, the superintendents and the school board because your kids got to wear masks if it was about the children. Well, I was just looking up uh, this book <laughs> called Fahrenheit 451. I had to read it in college. And it's talking about a time uh, like this uns specified city in the year 2049. That's a lot closer now than it was back 30 years ago. And where all the books are being burned. One of the books on this list is The Hate You Give and Between the World and Me. And that book was written for white people. I mean, it was a black man writing it about a black experience, but it was definitely like pandering to white people. Like, come on. It's for you. Yeah, which is crazy. But Jordan was reading The Hit You Give back in sixth grade. But they don't want to see it differently. They want the world to be very black and white. They want things to make sense. They don't want to have any gray area. I I can't deal with anybody who's not white or straight or Protestant or upper middle class. White supremacist. Right, right, (laughs) right. I mean, so really and truly, I hear you all saying that the only person who has ever been concerned about the children is Yolanda Adams when she asked that question way back when. What about the children? Nobody else. Whitney was concerned about the children too. Whitney was. I believe the children are yeah. future. And whoever said Jesus loves the little children. <laughs> they was concerned. Now, I think oh, I had somebody white the, that. No, because they said what the colors they read? Red and yellow, black and white. Red and yellow, <laughs> black and white. They said racist ass colors. Red, red and, and yellow. yellow. Right, exactly. They were white exactly. If it was a white person wrote it, you know, white would be at the center. They was using that logic that says you save the best for last, like you do sometimes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a white person. Like Vanessa Williams. <laughs> you remember her song, Save the Best for Last? Sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sing, Natasha. So here's the plot thickens. Last week on The View during their Hot Topics segment, they're discussing this issue. Whoopi Goldberg, who's actually, for all intents and purposes, as far as I can tell, a progressive liberal ally, somebody who's consistent in her struggle for justice as a black woman, um, and talks about that extensively was trying to wrap the segment up. She has a producer in her ear saying, wrap it up, wrap it up. We got to go. We got to go to break. I'm assuming she hasn't said this, but I know the dynamics of television because, you know, I'm a television superstar, but not really. Um, So she has that in her ear saying, wrap it up, wrap it up. And she says, really, y'all, the Holocaust wasn't about race. Joy Behar, who I love, immediately snapped back and was like, it is about race. She says, no, 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 no. It isn't about race. Actually, do we have the clip? Let's play it. 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that colleges, this all started in colleges and universities and not wanting to make kids uncomfortable. And we talked about it once here on the show with actually Van Jones when he said, if I send my kids to school, I want them to be uncomfortable. I want people to push back on their beliefs because otherwise we're not preparing kids to go out into the real world. We're preparing them for a world that doesn't exist outside of their own house. Well, also, if you're yeah. going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about maybe race. Maybe yeah. well, they no, consider it's Jews about, a different race. But it's, it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but going it's not, after it's Jews, not about and, ideal and race. It's it's then, but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, they're how do we have to black people see too. them as white people? But, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. So that's what had been said. And for me, I think it was important to play the that lengthier clip because it puts the conversation in context. And if you're listening to the entirety of the quote, and we did cut a little bit of it off at the end when they had the music going to break, but if you listen to the entire segment, even if you go to YouTube and go to the views page, it's still posted up there for everyone to listen to. And if you listen to the entirety of the quote, what you'll hear is someone talking about the issue is inhumanity and what we're doing by banning these books is inhumane and creating the same exact conditions that would allow this inhumanity to flourish. That's what she was saying. But what everybody listened to is the Holocaust wasn't about race without the broader context. And she got semi-canceled for two weeks because people was mad because they tried to say that she was being anti-Semitic. Even though there were anti-Semitic undertones, perhaps, or anti-Semitic implications for the comments that Whoopi Goldberg made, that wasn't the intention of the comment. Um, the, the concern is it is um, insensitive to lead with the Holocaust was not about race. Her point is well received by me. When you lead with the Holocaust was not about race in this time, in this time of sound bites and people who will stop listening at the first statement of offense, you you can't hear anything else. So when she said that, that was point blank, period. And so while I I do understand where she was coming from, I also understand where the people who are enraged are coming from because, again, words have meaning. And when you say that as someone who is a daytime leading, I mean, this is the view, mm -hmm. right? And People are watching it, and all it takes is somebody from Breitbart to hear Whoopi Goldberg say the Holocaust was not about race. That's all it takes. That, that one little to be. It was very inhumane. And we all, as people of color and people who have been marginalized, we understand that. But the white supremacy does not. We just have to be so much more careful and so much more vigilant. And I think you know, she on, she on the sick and shut in list. Mother, Mother Goldberg on the sick and shut in list. But here's my issue, Natasha. So I agree with everything that you said 175%. The part of me who is a human, who knows what my political commitments are and who tries to live into those every single day, knows that sometimes in the heat of a moment on a live show, in a live sermon, I'm trying to get a point across to actually build a bridge, right? What she's trying to say is we need these folks to understand this is about inhumanity. It's about evil. They're banning it because they want to say it's about race, but really what it's about 
is this. Now, I'm not saying that I agree or I would have said those that in the exact same way. What I would have said is, yes, it was about race, but it was also about, at a deeper level, at a foundational level, people desiring to do evil and utilizing race, the fictitious category of race, the manufactured category of race, in order to advance that evil. Like, that's the more nuanced way to say it. But at the end of the day, I'm still kind of betwixt and between because Whoopi came out pretty quickly. I think it was the same day and she tweeted. She said, on today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race, but it's more about man's inhumanity. I should have said it is about both. I stand corrected, Whoopi said. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt I've caused. Written with my sincerest apologies, Whoopi Goldberg. It was after she came right out and said, my bad, that they still suspended her for two weeks. So I think this is my concern is that there's this uh, response that we have where in people who are our political allies, we punish them while Governor DeSantis down in Florida ain't got no punishment for not saying that the neo-Nazis were evil and wrong. What is this? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to do that. Trump didn't do it. And, And I was just about to say, never mind that we just had four years of a president who wasn't just kind of misquoted or misunderstood or trying to, like he was literally spewing vitriol and hate towards people. And these same folks bent over backwards to justify the things that he was saying or to ignore it. And so to, to quote, to cancel Whoopi from a soundbite that actually wasn't, you know, some people are taken out of context sometimes. Like this wasn't even like if you actually hear the full context of her statement, even though her words said the Holocaust wasn't about race, you understand from context. And most of us have at least graduated high school. Uh, we understand from context that what she was actually saying is it was about more than race. It, it wasn't just limited to race. This was about just pure evil and inhumanity. And her allies should have defended her. I'm sorry. I just want to add that those folks should have said, this is what uh, Whoopi was saying. The thing is, people don't want the complexity. It's so much easier to focus on that one thing and pull it apart. Like, the reality is, um, what could have happened is they could have had the next show be a conversation about this and about the complexities of race and evil and and I get it that it's on a on a TV show that everybody watches. But I mean, in my world, I am going to say, like, I'm going to screw up or you are. And I want you, I mean, I want us to talk about that because I'm going to learn something in that in that relationship when I'm talking to people who are trying to understand gay people. I'm like, they're like, I don't know what to say, what words. I'm like, just say your words, say what you understand. And then I'm going to I'm going to tell you what doesn't work. Like the world doesn't want a complex understanding. And until we do want that, I mean, until the world wants that, people just aren't going to talk to each other. I'm not even sure that it's about the world not wanting it. it um, I want to I want to be very specific in our in our content, in the conversation. And I want to name exactly what we're talking about. So it's not the world. This is Whoopi Goldberg, Black woman. This is, and, and to, to do the comparison that Samuel just did, um, when he was talk, you know, talking about a president who was doing this very intentionally, talking about people differently able, talking about people um, uh, labeling bl- brown and black people at, and poor people at every turn. He did this very intentionally and was n- no consequences. It's because the people in power who are wielding their power did not find a problem with what he said. The people who have power found a problem with what Whoopi Goldberg said and are punishing her because of the mouth in which it came from. 
not because of what she said, but who said it. We're not looking at the intent of heart. I was talking to another friend about this and they said, so Whoopi Goldberg apologized and you said you wanted to forgive her. Mike Todd apologized. You said you didn't want to forgive him. And I'm like, those are two very different things. There's nothing that Mike Todd was trying to do that was positive or constructive by spitting on somebody's face. Full stop period. So don't come at me with that shit. I do think that there is a role for apologizing and I think there's a way that you can do that that actually does center the people that have been harmed. And I think Whoopi Goldberg attempted to do that as much as one can with a tweet. She also followed up the next day on the show with an in-person live apology and said, I made a mistake. I made an error. The issue that I have is that white executives at ABC chose to suspend Whoopi Goldberg from a show for making a comment that was not as nuanced as it should have been when they've let a lot of other shit air on a daily basis that is twice as harmful. And so the fact that we're going to sit here and try to suspend a black woman to make an example out of it and to act as if she can stand in for the evils that we do, mm mm-mm. I'm not having it. Come through. Because this is such a generative topic, I do want to come back to this conversation next week and let's have a deeper dive into cancel culture and the limitations of cancel culture as it relates to doing justice work. We'll be right back in a quick second. If you sing and singing, like if you sing and singing in a black church and it's just you and a pianist or it's a duet, you got to look at each other until it makes everybody just a little bit uncomfortable. Right. It's got to be like, are they singing to God or are they singing to each other? Mm-hmm. And walk walk closer to each other if you can't step a little closer. Step in a little bit. That was BB and CC problem because they kept looking at each other talking about... And uh, and still <laughs> do. Not as much today. He finna, what, song, what song he finna talk about? And he finna do BB voice. I feel it in my shando. Yeah, bobo, shata. Go ahead. I need to I hear this. I can't. Please mm-hmm. do it. I'm not going to do it. What's that it? love song they did? The, one of the more, more recent ones. I just want to Close to you. I ain't nobody ready for this multi-talented. Come on, cast. And BB, we love to have you on. I know CC ain't gonna come on because she's too saved. But BB, come on, you ain't got no Jesus. Welcome back from that quick break. As you can tell, the Reverend Doctor Bishop Natasha Prince Sanders, aka Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. is back in the building, baby. Hey, Natasha, <laughs> she back. Hey, y'all, good to see you. <laughs> She ready. <laughs> she is. Hey, holy pod family. You can't say the whole name? No, you know she don't curse. Not on recording, I guess. Wow. I, hey, Church of Pod family. The temple for all the saints and the ain'ts. Come on here. That's who <laughs> that, we are. That's for Natasha. So today we want to talk about a old antiquated phrase, but it's had a resurgence lately. Maybe it's just in my life. But this notion that we should respect our elders. Have y'all ever had this experience where you say something to somebody that might be a little bit older than you? I have it all the time. I talk to Katie like every day. You are a horrible human. And then the response is, if they don't agree with what you're saying or they don't like what you're saying, well, you just need to respect your elders. Have y'all had this happen to you? I've had it happen to me, but let me tell you something about Cynthia and Thomas growing up. They're my parents. Mm -hmm. I had to respect my grandparents, Mm -hmm. Uh you know, my family. But let me tell you something. If I had a good question in my spirit Mm -hmm. and I asked it and the elder said, don't, don't ask, don't ask questions or don't ask why. My mama was the first person around that corner saying, don't you tell my daughter Mm -hmm. she can't ask questions. Come through, Mm -hmm. mama. She didn't play then and still don't play now with her grandchildren. But yes, so respect elders, yes. And I respect those who my elders respected. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Okay. So mine was a little bit different. It wasn't just a blanket respect elders. Yeah. And I guess that's what I'll have to ask you, Brandon. What do you mean when you say respect elders? See, I don't mean anything because I don't say it. I'm trying to figure out what other people mean when they say it to me. I mean, you say it's antiquated. So you have to have a meaning for what is antiquated. So what... Well, I think the notion that we should be respecting those who are older than us as like an implicit value or a virtue that we should all just kind of buy into as a community and that everybody who's my senior deserves like respect. It's a blanket kind of respect without any sort of regard for what they're saying or doing to me or for what the actual like circumstances are. Katie, you live with the older person. Do you respect your elder? <laughs> From talking to you, I think that you're taking it to a different level. Yes, I think like you hold doors, you speak to people kindly, you what have you, but you also tell the truth. So I'm not into respecting elders without telling the truth. We tend to challenge each other all of the time. And so I think it's important to do that. You and your mother? Yes, my mother. You know, dishonesty is disrespectful. Yes. Also, respect is mutual, right? So if you disrespecting me, then hello. And if you lying and being dishonest, that's very disrespectful. So no, I'm not going to respond to dishonesty respectfully. I don't even know how to do that. Brandon, I think I understand what you're saying because I experience this dynamic with my mom often, even as an adult. And so if we have a disagreement about something and we see it differently, it comes to a point where I don't kind of capitulate or just, you know, surrender to what she's saying. She kind of reverts to, don't argue, you just need to stop because I'm the mama. Yeah, because you're talking back. And maybe when I was in my teen years as a child, I would be like, you know, turn around and mumble something under my breath and go to my room. <laughs> exactly. Lamb of God. <laughs> now I say, I don't care if you the mama right is right. Don't send them nowhere, God. Help them stay here a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this is what Brandon's talking about, right? It is. It absolutely is. Because I've come to the conclusion that you may have been on this earth longer. That doesn't necessarily mean you have lived as much. Very true. You know, my mom has barely been outside of the state of Alabama. Bayman it, is it? <laughs> Her first flight was three years ago out of the country. You know, I'm not trying to boast like Brandon does all the time. Oh, <laughs> no, you didn't. There's only one person who be trying to uh, talk about where they been and who they enslaved with. I got a certificate on my wall from Desmond Tutu. I got a certificate for that. They signed my certificate. Let me just tell you my resume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's that type of thing like my mama she'll want to tell me how computers work and I'm like okay now with that Samuel you just gotta be like oh okay yeah that's right yeah. I mean sometimes yeah. they do be wrong but you just let it be okay for the fun of it though and I do sometimes, but then sometimes she talking about she was born in 54. And so we're raised in a different time. We were exposed to different things. And sometimes she'll be wanting to talk about the way things just are. And this is how it just is. And it's supposed to be like this. And I'll be like, no, it's not. Like, what are you talking about? Maybe when Katie was in high school in the 60s. I must say, that's one of the things that my nieces has helped us realize, the 19 and 17-year-old. Like, there is no, that's just the way things are. They're not having it. Right. And having been post-9-11 and Obama-era children, they are like, this world belonged to me. What you talking about? Yeah. Right? And so empowering them in that way that it doesn't crush their spirit, but they're still taught to respect people as they are respected, right? Yep. Is has been very different. And watching my parents' grandparent from that perspective has been very empowering. I realized that a lot of times this respect your elders comes from a place of just respecting people in general because they had to in order to survive, mm -hmm. but also because 
our cultures in the United States are so different. Mm. Watching and learning from other cultures is also a mechanism for teaching. So as we watch other cultures and how they respect their elders, it does go into the, um, what I would call tossed salad, because there ain't no melting pot, honey. Ain't no melting pot no more. Mm -hmm. It goes into the tossed salad, and I think it helps. Tossed salad could mean a lot of different things, but I'm glad that I stayed with you to the end of your sentence, because you may be going in another direction. Um, My teenager, like, she is telling it like it is all the time, and she may sometimes not say it as respectfully to either adult that lives in the home. But what I say to my mom a lot is I want her not to be squashed. I want her not to be told she can't say these things because I grew up in a time, I went to high school in the mid 80s. Thank you, Sam. But that you weren't supposed to challenge. And so it took me a long time. And I have a child who's out there and I'm going to encourage that and then work on How do you respect people? How do you say this in a way that people are going to listen to? When do you say it in a way that's forceful and not worry about it? Like what things need to be challenged? So I want to like bring these two things together, what you just said and what Natasha said last. So bringing this notion of culture in and seeing how people from other cultures treat this sort of respect your elder principle. When thinking about that in the United States context, I do think that things are different here. We are in a Western country in 2022 in Obama's America. It is still Barack Obama's America. I don't care what nobody (laughs) says. I don't care if Joe Biden is plagiarizing Obamacare. (laughs) Who is Joe Biden? Do he know who he is today? He better be putting a black woman on the Supreme Court. I know that. I hope people keep reminding him of that. He better be. Why he cussing at uh, Fox News affiliates? Stupid son of a... Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Biden had had it. He said, F disrespect stuff. He said, I'm tired. When I'm doing intercultural competence building with organizations as a consultant or an individual as a coach, resume dropping. Right, right, right. Come on here. Here, call this number. You know, <laughs> shameless plugs. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Ari. Ari Group. Come on. Uh, but no, when I'm doing those things, one of the things I'll jokingly say to people when I'm teaching them how to talk across culture is, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be effective? Mm-hmm. Because those are two very different things. And sometimes I go into a space and I want to be right. And I don't care if you hear me. I don't care if you change your ways. I want to snatch my earrings off and I want you to clutch your pearls and I want to walk out the door. But other times... That's 96% of the time. Okay. You a lie on your booty thing. 97 and a half. <laughs> <The> <laughs> other- <laughs> do I have a 98? Do I have a 98? <laughs> but other times, what I want to do is I want to be effective. And so sometimes I'll temper myself in those instances to ensure that what I'm saying can be heard. And so I think maybe bringing that notion of culture into it and not even looking set to say at Asian countries or African countries, but thinking about our age and generation groups as cultures in and of themselves. Absolutely. And so how do I navigate this sort of cultural divide as it pertains to generations? Yes. Maybe the question that I'm asking. I love the question and I like the distinction that you made about right or effective. Mm-hmm. So I think we can generally say that respecting our elders uh, means something very different in 2022 in America. But to push it a little bit further, I think that this notion of respecting your elders stems from an assumption that we should be respecting authority Mm -hmm. and that adults or elders have some sort of natural given authority because of the amount of time they've spent on the earth. But I also see this phenomenon of respecting authority 
in some ways disintegrating slowly but surely, at least in the American context. Do y'all see that as well? For sure. You lie. Who yelling you lied to president across the thing? Across the thing. In in the chambers. That happened. Who storming the Capitol with no respect? None. Throwing shoes at Bush's huh? head. <laughs> like, like, like President Bush, not the Bush. <laughs> oh my <laughs> president, <laughs> president Bush. Throwing shoes at President Bush's head. Number two Bush. Who doing that? That wasn't in this country. Um, but uh <laughs> it won't, but it still happened. We talking about intercultural. Come on, Pastor. Yeah, I know, I know. I was just putting it in the context that Brandon was talking about. <laughs> okay, no, no. Well, Brandon, you took it a different route because when Katie started talking about um her daughter cussing her and her mama out, I wanted to ask a question. Ask it about like the nuances between even cultures, because you know, there's this belief in some uh black households that white children kind of talk any kind of way. There is to their parents and be like, Mom, I told you to stay out of my fucking room. Yeah. You bitch. There is. You know, like like that type it of thing. It'd be on movies and video, TikTok videos and stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And so I got a question for Katie, like if Jordan came in and just called you a B, like what, what, what does, I mean, how does that sit? That, that would, that would not be acceptable. And <laughs> when her tone is incorrect or is not acceptable, that is taken care of and there is no cussing anybody out. But no, that, uh, no. <laughs> um, I hate your fucking um, gospel! <laughs> I don't white parent as much as other white parents, but um, I learned, I use things as a teachable opportunity unless they get too extreme, at which point there's some sitting down. And now that there's a driver's license involved, I got tons of power, but that's a different thing. See, that whole response was different. Mm. Cynthia would have been like, she did what? She did who? (laughs) She did, huh? She caught me a what? She. But even there's some nuance in that, right? Like that's different than than you asking a question, right? I'll never forget. I was at my grandma's house and we were cleaning up. I was a little child. And something as simple as like, I was cleaning the window and I was doing like this up and down motion. And my grandma was like, you supposed to, you know, do it like this. Mm-hmm. Wax on, wax off. In a circle. Wax, right. yeah. And I said, but it's getting clean. And she like <laughs> slapped me in the back of my head. And I was, I ain't want to go back over there no more. I was like, this don't make no sense. <laughs> Get it here big too Yeah she slapped that thing Just don't make no sense I was like It's more than one way To clean the window Like why am I getting abused Because of how I'm cleaning the window Right Like this don't make no sense It don't And that's the kind of stuff That my mom thought was okay And she would pity the fool That tried to tell me That it wasn't So if I said Why we gotta do it like this She would answer the question If as long as it won't Sass mouthing I think that is still Part of the conversation Because ultimately The question is What does it mean to respect another human, regardless of their age. And I think that's the point I want to push for anybody who still thinks respecting your elders is something that should be a given. No. Respect of humans, regardless of their age, ethnicity, race, um, sexual orientation, we respect humans, regardless of those categories. And it's not that we demand it because somebody's old. Right. Is the old person respecting the young person? Is the old person respecting gay folks? Correct. And I think that's where I get it most. Like, there's also a more subtle way that this enters conversations because it'd be like, if somebody says something homophobic who's of a certain generation, they'll be like, well, you know, they're just a woman of a certain age or, you know, he's just a man of his time. See, all this wasn't a thing when he, no, because Beta White's 99 and three quarter year old self was one of the biggest allies yeah. for gay folks, for black folks, and for other minoritized populations. So your age is not an excuse yeah. for you to be ignorant and disrespectful. So now I'm not going to respect your ignorance ever, ever, ever. Yeah. 
Amen. And for me, it goes back to, if I am going to be my authentic self with you, I'm going to tell you about it. I'm not going to turn around and tell it to the person in the line at the grocery store who's talking about it. I I don't need to do that or waste my energy. But if it's someone who I work with daily, or if it's someone who's in my family and I care about or a friend, that relationship requires me to be myself. And I'm going to tell it then. Right. I also think that relationship, it goes back to what Brandon said earlier about being right versus being effective. Mm-hmm. Because I think just like I would make the argument for scripture, context matters. It doesn't excuse, mm-hmm. um, but it can also be helpful in bringing someone along, helping someone evolve who is from a different time or from a different era. Yeah. And so I would encourage people who are engaging with folks. I mean, this isn't the invitation part, uh, but to not necessarily say, uh, well, I ain't going to even deal with that. That's just mama. You know where she came from. You know how she is. No, no I understand that as context. But let's have a conversation for why that's, like you say, Brandon, it's antiquated. I'll never forget, me and my mom was on a vacation. So me and my mom was sitting down and she was just talking about Muslims and Islam in this very pejorative and negative way. Mm-mm. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, mama. You don't know anything about Islam. Like, how do you have all of these opinions? <laughs> you know, I wanted to know where this was coming from. Because mm-hmm. I knew her context. That was the most respectful disdain because I know how you said it. What? You don't know nothing no. about it. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> and she's like, I just know Jesus. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> do you really? Because he knew the Muslims. Do you know Ishmael? Do you we know got, Hey God? <laughs> we got so, it, the conversation got so heated that we had to stop. Like, because she was just kind of like, yeah. I ain't budging on this, even though I know you don't know a thing. Mm-hmm. You barely know about your own religion and you don't know anything about Islam. I wouldn't just be like, I ain't gonna, you know, we had to come back to that thing. Right. And so today, my mom is a different person. I won't say she's all the way there. She ain't. She's definitely not. But she's a different person. And if she has questions about things now, she'll be like, well, what about, you know, I wanted to ask you this, mm-hmm. you know. Come on, progress. And Brandon, I think you probably experienced similar things with your mom. Um, not to just bring Vicky into this, but in y'all's conversation, she opens up. Hey, mama. <laughs> she's she trying to be up. laying down and you bring I it mean, up. She does. Absolutely. I mean, but my mother and I also have a very strange relationship. I don't know if there's ever been a time my mother has ever like tried to shut something down by saying respect your elders to me because I do think that I typically engage my parents and those around me with respect. Right. So that hasn't ever been a thing like respect your elders, be quiet, stop talking, except that one time when I was in Sunday school questioning the teacher who was saying some of the real ignorant stuff. But anyways, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but I think with my mother, what I also have realized is in the moments where there was the potential for that disrespect to occur or where there was a potential for offense on either my part or her part, what I have also found in those moments is asking a question is powerful and shifting the conversation. So if we're talking about Muslims versus Christians, which me and my mother do not talk about necessarily because she already knows that we're going to probably be throwing bowls or so. <laughs> but I'll ask a question to say, so tell me what actually is underneath that, right? Let's not talk about Muslims and Jews or what. Let's talk about like where does that come from? Because mm-hmm. oftentimes there's an emotion attached to that yep. that they're not even aware of. And if I can get down to that, the rest of it's going to take care of itself because we're never arguing about what we're arguing about. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I think that goes back to Katie's point about being in a relationship with a person. Because what I'm not going to do is care about somebody who don't care about opinion. Right. So if I have to engage with you again, we're going to go deeper into why we couldn't see eye to eye. And, and seeing eye to eye doesn't mean agreeing. Right. It just means seeing eye to eye. Seeing it eye 
to eye. Come on, goofy movie. Seeing that you're talking to a human. Correct. A human with human eyes and a soul given by a creator. Breathe the breath of life and all. And we became a living soul at creation. Come on here. Katie, was that a tongue? I said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord today. That's English. <laughs> oh, okay. I, but you, it was quiet. You say it fast Katie, enough. we need to practice your tongue. Say, no, 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 no. <laughs> I tried to do that and then Brandon said that wasn't good enough. Say no 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 no. Come on. No 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 no. That's not it. But you got to say it in your spirit. Come on from your belly. No 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 no. Yes. That's not it. That's not it. It's coming, Samuel. Work on it. Work on it. Look, Vicky gonna rise up in the podcast. We not gonna blaspheme the Holy Ghost <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> you gotta tear in some, okay? Just tear in the spirit and start rocking back and forth. Do that for about 15 minutes and it's gonna come. Yeah, ba 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 Shande. Yeah, la la Ah, yeah, yeah. Woo, Jesus. We got to introduce bit by bit, Sam. You not no encouraging pastor. <laughs> and you got to make a face with it. It's a whole package. Yeah. It was the whole oh package, God. Katie. But that was yeah. a good start. Thank you. But you know, white people want English-only schools. They ain't about to speak in tongues. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back from that quick break, Pastor right. Sam coming with our invitation. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Where is your, like, birth state? Where are you from? North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. I like how you say, it won't. Not it wasn't. It won't. As long as it won't, says Malcolm. Won't. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's only one won't. It's the both for the won't. The W-O and the W-A is the same pronunciation. Yes. Won't. So you got to use context clues to discern which one I'm using. But this is W-A-S-N apostrophe T. As long as it wasn't. Won't. Correct. Okay. We're on the same page. Okay. See how you use context clues already? Great job, Brandon. I wanted the listeners to understand this was a North Carolina thing. Katie and Natasha over here like, mm-hmm. Me and Sam like, what the hell are they saying? These words that they use. I know what she's saying just because I'm Alabama and I've been around her enough. I had to decipher it at first. I was like, huh? What? what? I was like, okay. And she educated too, y'all. She got all the degrees and getting a doctorate right now, but she's still going to call out, it won't. Okay. I still got to speak family. Welcome back from that quick break as we come to the end of another service here at the Church of Holy Shit and the Temple for All the Saints and the Ants. We want to invite you to life and life more abundantly. Whether you call life Jesus, the universe. I come back to my hell life. Which, which version are y'all singing? Because I was going Ricky Dillard and neither one of y'all are in that same system. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We started singing this on another episode and Brandon was like, I don't know what you... I've come that you might have life more abundantly. Yeah, that's the song. That's I've the song. He got a new album out. It's kind of cute, but he recorded it during COVID. Another story from another day. Samuel, what you got for the people? So this invitation, it kind of builds on a lot of things that we all have said. Starting with Katie talking about relationships that matter. Brandon talking about um, whatever he talked about. He's an asshole. (laughs) 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 No, but you know, I was was telling y'all about my mom and even though things got heated, I didn't just kind of walk away. We had to cool down for a minute. But that's my mom, right? Like I can't, I ain't just going to be like over a conversation about Islam. I'm done with you. I ain't going to never talk to you again. She make the best collard greens, you know? Benefits. I got to talk to mama. For the greens. Uh, (laughs) For the greens. (laughs) For the greens, at least. I do invite you to dig deeper into the context to understand. But like Brandon said, to ask questions, what's what's beneath this? Like, why, why is this so important? 
why is, you know, when we start probing some of these questions, like not just why anything, why do you have to have a hell? Everybody, you want to put everybody in hell. Why is hell so important to you? But I, I don't question God. Respect authority. Respect your, respect your elders. Don't you question God. And what would it mean if there was no hell? Explore. Go deep into those questions and try to understand why, you know, you might, you might peel back some layers of the onion that you never knew, which may give you a deeper understanding and even an appreciation for how vigorously some people defend the fight for things that are nonsensical. And you still might push back on that, but you might be like, I know why she's saying there needs to be a hell because somebody, somebody was killed by somebody who never received justice. And so they're holding on to that because that's the only justice that they think they'll ever get. Then you understand. Might not make sense. You might still have a, a nuanced conversation, but then you say, huh, I get it. Come on here. He's so smart. Peel back them layers. I like that. I ain't got the degrees like Natasha. <laughs> I ain't got the money like Brandon. <laughs> I ain't white like Katie. But your head got a lot of knowledge in it. I'm like Miss Celia in Color Purple. I'm black. I'm ugly. But I'm here. And you a lesbian. She is a lesbian. She sang gender loving. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Do it matter? <laughs> we said my Kate or Whoopi. Both. Cynthia Arrivo, <laughs> Fantasia. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, relationships are important. Relationships matter. As Natasha said, it's some folks that I could give two cents what you think because I ain't got no relationship with you ain't trying to have none. Man. And so I'm not going to even engage in this. Right. There are other people that we are in community with that we are in this world with that we need to dig a little deeper and we need to try to understand and then we need to communicate and we need to not give up when we run into a wall. You know, sometimes we need a reset. We need to step back. But we, I ain't just going to drop it for the sake that you older. What that mean? Right. I'll also say to that, uh, shit, I lost what I was going to say to wrap it up. Lift your hands that way, church, and pray for it to come back. Come on. He ain't lose. It's coming back. That's it, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it, came, it came with that tongue. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it came right when she spoke. My God. It actually did what she yeah. did. That I was like, oh yeah. So maybe that's your white tongue, Katie. Anyways, I think the thing is, like sometimes whenever you are feeling like you're being disrespected, it's not actually disrespect. What you're feeling is offense. And it's not necessarily that the person is causing you offense or attempting to be offensive, but because like what you're saying, Sam, because you hold something so deeply or strongly, perhaps for reasons the other person mm -hmm. doesn't know, you're feeling offended. Probe that. Probe your offense and have an honest, vulnerable conversation. Don't assume the person is trying to disrespect or offend you. You have been triggered, and now you need to search that thing and maybe even bring it into the conversation and talk about that because that's going to be a more effective use of your time. It will help you respect one another as you desire to be respected. Come on here. I don't gloss over things or treat it tritely, right? Like what, what me and Brandon just talked about, sometimes it's like six months of counseling. Come on here. Right. It don't unfold in one conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's necessary work, right? Right. That self-reflection, and that might happen after the conversation when you at home still thinking about how mad you was when that person said, it ain't no hell. You, yep. Then you need to think about that. Why do I need a hell? You do. Probe that. It's a journey. It don't happen one time. It's a journey. It is. Well, that is the word of pod for the people of pod and the invitation. Thanks, Thanks be to, to pod. pod. Hey. 
And that is a wrap on today's episode of Holy Shit Pod. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you lending us your ears for a little bit under an hour every single week. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. You already know the drill. In the meantime, go ahead and go over to Apple Podcasts, rate, like, review our pod. And you can also do the same on Spotify. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to patreon.com slash Media to set up a monthly recurring offering for the offering basket. And if you got a question, we love hearing from you. Holy shit at theolabmedia.com is the email address. Go ahead and hit us up. All right, good people. Until next week. Peace. My respect for you is a little today because you came up here eating and didn't offer nobody nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I'm sorry. Let me respect my elders. For for all of you listening, we are not in the same place. Don't be trying to put it in context and tell the people you didn't offer me nothing because we states apart. You could have ordered her some uh, DoorDash or some Grubhub. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Katie. Ooh, help me, Jesus.